Your life experience, good or bad, is a gift when you share it with others. At Taxi Chronicles, we allow real riders with real stories to share their gift. So hopefully this episode will intrigue, enhance or inspire you. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back with another episode, another rider. Today, we are honoured to have a guy all the way from Venezuela. He's already given me a brief of uh, how Venezuela was a successful country 50 years ago and about the migration. We hope you can recap on that for you guys. And uh, we're just going to hear and learn. So nice to have you here today. <laughs> there you are. Got it? Got it. Okay. I don't know if it's recording now. No, it's recording. Oh yeah, I got it. Um, so yeah, my name is Francisco. Um, I'm from Venezuela. Um, my driver today asked me, where are you from? Uh, you look Spanish, but I was speaking Spanish and Italian. Why are you Portuguese? I say, you're close, you're very close. Uh, because I'm from Venezuela, it's a country that it was a melting pot. Uh, had hundreds of thousands of Portuguese and Italian and Spanish immigrants. Um, that in the 50s, 60s and 70s, they came to this very prosperous country. Um, it's the country with more oil in the world, was a solid democracy back then. And, and I was telling him that not only Europeans went there, but also people from South America because they were under dictatorship. So Chile, people from Chile, Argentina, Brazil, and, and also 4 million Colombians came into Venezuela as well. So it became, it went from being an 8 million people country to 20 million full of immigrants. Um, for example, my mother is from Colombia and my father is from Spain, two, two immigrants. And, and look at me, I'm also an immigrant in, in London. Uh, that's Venezuela, it was a beautiful country. And um, So tell us, who was the indigenous people? Who were they? Were they who was there first? Uh, yes, they, they were there first, they're still there. What are they called? Uh, well, there are many tribes. They are not, you know, as famous as Incas or Aztecas mm -hmm. from Mexico and Peru. Um, they're not as advanced, uh, but they were quite happy and very smart in terms of um, fighting the Spanish conquistadors. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, you have uh, many of them. You have the Pemones that are still around and they're still uh, taking care of their, their places. Uh, Caribes, Yanomamis, there are many tribes, mm. but none of them were as you know strong or evolved mm. as the Mex the ones that you can find in Mexico or Peru. Do they have their own areas where they live and they kind of run their own thing, or they used to be respected until the democracy fell. They used to be, uh, they have like a third of the country. It's not actually, you know, theirs. But pretty much no one goes there. <laughs> so what do you say it's not actually there? Well it's not like in like in the United States that you know they have like some independence, they can have their own laws or whatever. Okay. Um, but it but it's a big, big area where I mean it's 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 almost a third for the country and, and most of the people just don't go there. There are no mm -hmm. roads and so on. Okay. Oh so it's rainforest. Yes, exactly. Okay. So so Venezuela is next to Brazil, is that right? It's in the north of Brazil. Yes, so it's just like an extension of Brazil in the sense of terrain. It's got rainforest, it, heavy... It, yeah, that's really, yeah, that's that's correct. It's, um, in a way, a part of the country is an extension. Um, 
but also is an extension of Colombia and is an extension of, for example, something like Cuba, mm -hmm. because we have the Caribbean on the north, a large, large Caribbean uh, coast, very unique. It's those beaches are impossible to find somewhere else, and then but you also have big mountains like the the uh, Andes. Um, Mm, sorry, I don't know, the Andes mountains. Yeah, Andes mountains. And so you have um, snow in, in our country. Oh, and it's beautiful and it's very high. Um, you know Jamaica, yeah? Yes. How big is Venezuela to Jamaica? I don't probably, uh, probably, I don't know, 100 times larger. Oh, so it's it's huge. Yeah, you can put UK, uh, I don't know, four or five times. It's, oh, okay, because Jamaica three is three times. population 3.5 million. And you said four million uh, Colombians came over. Yes, so, so we of, yeah. we peak on thirty something, thirty five. Okay. Um, so you got a lot of land then per capita. But right now, um, yes, we have a lot of land. But right now, um, we are second and very close to Syria, the the Syrian crisis, uh, refugee crisis. So um, so we are now losing a lot of population. Since I left, probably over 5 million people left. But the recent crisis is around 3.5 million that had to walk out. The, the distance that they're walking out of the country is the equivalent of walking from Syria to London. So it's, it's really hard. And, and the support they're getting is, is like not even 5% of what a Syrian refugee will get. Uh, so Colombia is taking the, the biggest toll. Uh, some people is walking at the beginning of the crisis, the refugee crisis. They were walking from Venezuela to Colombia to Ecuador to Peru, all the way down to Chile because Chile is a prosperous country. Right now, what is happening right now is that because they are getting green cards and, and political asylum in the United States, they are going all the way up. They are going Colombia, Panama, all the Central American countries. Mexico and then to the states and right now they're crosses crossing to the states in the hundreds every day and and it's it's heartbreaking but they don't want to go in boat by boat uh, sorry they don't want to go by boat they try and and they fail so many times they try to emigrate to to a small uh, islands in the Caribbean and and many people die on, on the way um, so it is it's really, really terrible what's going on. What's the problem why this has all started? So, it, it, as I said before, it was a very solid democracy for many years. It was a haven for Europeans and, and Latin Americans. And, um, but people get tired of the political system because it, the politics uh, can be frustrating. Uh, frustrating. Uh, we always want improvements and, and things don't improve the, 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 uh, the peace that you want, right? Um, so at a moment, uh, at the same time, Fidel Castro from Cuba was always trying to put somebody in power in Venezuela because he knew Venezuela was so rich, always so rich. It was it's the country with more oil in the world. And he finally did. He, he tried with this um, military coup um, and you put him in by force? No, 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 no. He 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 convenes with his ideas some for some of the military forces in Venezuela. So you may have heard a guy called Chavez. Um, so that's Chavez is the Fidel Castro of Venezuela, basically. He tried uh, 
uh, a military coup and he fell. He was put in jail. Um, he felt miserably, by the way. He he lied to the to the um, the guys that were under his command, saying he didn't tell them that he was a military coup. And he was put in jail. And because it was a democratic country with rule of law, of course, it was not perfect. It was not still a developed country, but it was, you know, pretty much fine. Um, they put him out of jail because there was a problem in the process. So the due pro there was a problem in the due process and they free Chavez, uh, a guy that tried to kill the president. So as you can see, it was, you know, a civilized country. So Chavez uh, is not Che, che Guevara, is it? It's something different. No, it's not Che Guevara, oh. uh, but it's uh, in, in a way, he loves this, this kind of people. So he went into the presidential elections uh, um, in 1998 and he promised change he promised to put people in jail it's a, it was a very similar um speech to what you can hear from corbyn and actually corbyn was a big fan a big supporter and but recently he deleted everything from his page from his blog but um those those and and when they interview him he will say he'll believe in, in, in free market on all of this because people fear what he could do he lied to everyone he say he believe in free market and believe in all of this. Um, I take it you don't like this guy. Well, when somebody destroys your country, I mean, right now you cannot find toilet paper, water, electricity, has, gas, I, oil, oil, petrol. You cannot. Can ask, yes. Has America put any sanctions on Venezuela? Yes, uh, that happened. How long have they had it for? Uh, let me remember. Is about it before, before he got in power. No, 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 no. Just as he got in power. Uh, no, 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 not at all. The, uh, it, it, when he got in power, was uh, Bush, and he didn't pay attention to him. Uh, I mean, Chavez went to New York to United Nations, and called Bush. Um, what is it? Um, uh, Diablo, you know, uh, Satanas, Satan. They didn't even reply to him. They didn't even care. They actually helped him because because of the war in Iraq, the terrible war, um, uh, the oil went, and he actually, actually Bush saved Chavez because Chavez was getting very unpopular because, I mean, he promised so many things, but he couldn't deliver because, you know, he, he still had the same budget as the previous presidents. And no then- No sanctions was on. No, sanctions came, uh, started like three years ago. Okay. It's a very, uh, and it's, and it's sanctions are something that is very specific. Like you cannot buy guns and stuff like that. But if you want to buy food or medical supplies, they can. All right. So then why have you not got that in the country? Then? Because do you know corruption? Have you heard about corruption? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's way beyond that. When you see a corruption case anywhere in the world, you're talking about 5 million, 10 million, 50 million. Let me explain you something. Just one case of one guy that confessed in New York. We're talking about $1 billion case. And he confessed. You know what? Nobody knows about him. Do you know why? Because the scale of the corruption is huge. If you see how much money came into the country during those years, something similar to any other country that is a, an oil producer, it's about $1 trillion. That money went nowhere disappear you see the other countries they they keep growing even non-oil countries in latin america they keep growing not the case in venezuela so 
I mean, how do you explain over 5 million people emigrating, over 3 million refugees? That's, that's, you cannot, and, and very few um, blog YouTubers, like, um, and, and people from new media like you, they travel all around the world, they won't go to Iran, North Korea, and they could go to Venezuela, and I remember the words of this uh, New Zealand guy, he said, I'm not, he made like 10 videos about Venezuela, he said, this is more depressing than North Korea, this is incredible, he went to Iran, and had a lot of fun, and you see Iran is under sanctions, and they have everything, and he said in the last video, answering um, Q&A, answering questions, he said, look, I'm not going to talk about sanctions, because here in Venezuela, nobody talks about sanctions, because they know this is not about sanctions. If they want to buy something, you see important stuff only for the rich military that, that has all the money. So if you want to buy whatever new, brand new car, you can get it. They, they'll bring it to you, no problem. So the sanctions are a joke. And, and the, the reason of the sanctions is that all the money that was coming in for the little oil that was being produced, that's the other thing. They were producing before Chavez, 3.5 million barrels per day. Do you know how much they are producing now? Under under 600,000. Under 600,000. And you know who was the main buyer? Mm. And who and it was paying cash all the time. Like here you Gaddafi. go. Huh? United States was the best buyer, the, the best um, economic um, partner that we always have. And. What the, the problem is that that money was going was being used to um, oppress the people. So the more money you were giving them, the more money that was being used to oppress the people in the streets. So, I mean, it makes sense. There is there is a debate, but basically you're giving you know more money for weapons and stuff. Yeah, I don't understand why, if you're making money and oil, why you need to oppress your people? Because the people is not people want freedom. People want. Uh, yeah, but if you're making money, if I'm a dictator, but, I'm making money. I've got because oil. people. Uh, I can give the people jobs, and they can. Be they, they, that, that's that's money. the logic that I will follow as well. But their their logic is to, to to in order to control the country, they destroy it. And it's it took me years to accept that. I'm gonna give you an example. 2015, when I came to London. Uh, we won the National Assembly, which is, we don't have, you know, two Congress like other countries. We have one Congress, like here in UK, uh, one parliament. So we won the parliament, when I say we, I mean the opposition. After 15 years of uh, Chavista's government, we finally won over uh, around 70%. So you have, you know, a total majority, a, a big majority. Guess what the Chavista uh, government decided to do, Maduro. He is basically destroyed the, the Congress and created his own Congress. Mm. That's exactly the moment when all developed nations and countries around Venezuela say, no, that's dictatorship. You lost the elections, even that you have all the resources to go against the, the opposition that had no resources, mm. you still lost the elections and you decided to mm, destroy this Congress, to put your own Congress, now we can call you a dictatorship. And they don't recognize it. If you ask Siri, who is the president of Venezuela? They're going to tell you too, because we elected a president, mm -hmm. and the and the president decided to not not uh, respect it. So it's it's a that's that's the kind of president that you see that a president that is not willing to be uh, democratic. So you can say the corruption goes in two levels: democratic corruption, people that you know get there, steal money, whatever, but they accept that if they lose, and this kind of uh, pre 
democracies, that is fake democracy like in Cuba or North Korea, where they're always doing um, um, elections, but they don't they don't actually you know they just exactly. fake like Belarusia. That's that's the one that started everything. That he's showing me a picture like of Chavez. Okay. Any Venezuelan wouldn't like him, and and it's all propaganda. They but isn't he the one? Correct me if I'm wrong. And you're wrong. <laughs> Isn't he the one that said about taking land from the rich to give to the poor? But it's, it, yeah, go go and try to find some food now. If you're producing food and you're selling it, I mean, let me give you an example. The Chinese, the big ally of this guy, of Chavez, they went there because imagine the economic crisis, we don't have food, we don't have anything. And, and there were, you know, people from China and people from Venezuela in, 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 the, in this conference. Mm -hmm. and, and the Venezuelan guy said, well, how do you control the economy so the rich people don't get... And the Chinese were like, no, no, we don't control the economy. It's just free market. That's what you, the Chinese learned this 30 years ago. And that's, that's why they, they took so many people out of poverty. So... It, do you think do you think they took uh, you know um, the land and give it to poor people? There's no food made. You have to live. Are you producing food for everyone? Just keep doing it. There's plenty of land. This it's just populism, um, and it's also propaganda, like the propaganda saying that they, he paid the external debt. Venezuela had very little debt back then, and right now it's in, amazingly huge. So it, it is, you know make people believe like Trump you know you see how Trump lies all the time mm -hmm. and you cannot you know people cannot fact check them because we are not computers and it's easy to fool so many people we have Trump before Trump we have Trump 20 years before Trump is this guy saying lies and, and telling lies to people mm -hmm. and the thing that saved him was that before he got in or oil because our oil is very heavy it was eight dollars per barrel when the when he became president, he sort of became very unpopular because um, oil, I mean, oil was still the same and, and things didn't change. And then with the Iraq war, oil went over a hundred. So imagine how popular you can be if your income is, you know, twelve times larger. Mm -hmm. To say something from eight to a hundred, so he had all the money in the war for years. Things didn't improve. Can I ask you something? Um, with the the rest of the world getting involved, do you think that's a wise thing, or do you think the people should just uh, one day wake up? And we try. We wake up. We we believe it's it's hard for you to see, uh, but we have tr we have been fighting this for years but and how years. Have you been fighting? All ways, democratic ways, uh, fighting the elections in the streets. All can even the military try. And if you're a military, you couldn't get the guy out. We couldn't. It's easy to say. I, I know what you. How that works. Sorry. I was thinking how that works. If the military. Uh, well, the think think, think about military. Fidel Castro, or or I'm sorry to say this, but uh, it's a terrible thing. But think about um, the, the guy in uh, in 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 Spain. Um, oh my God, the guy from Ferrol, um, Franco, Francisco Franco. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I heard that comment many times in Spain. Why do you organize and get him out if he's so bad? Well, how long did you take you to get uh, Frank out? Was it 30 years until the guy actually died? And it's not that easy. Think about the guys in North Korea. Think about the guys in, in, in Cuba. 
uh, or any African dictatorship is really not that easy, and especially these guys, because it, the oil was so important, it became so rich, they were able to pay for propaganda, and they were able to pay the Cubans and the Russians to uh, give them uh, help. So they were able to, to say, well, this is what you have to do to stay in power do all of this they gave them the recipes and they keep following and they don't only do that they actually have thousands of cubans in venezuela if you want to get your id uh which is kind of very important in, in venezuela it's the thing that we use every day is 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 a cuban people working in a building that wants to give you the id if you want to register a property it, it's you know something critical for a country is the Cuban people who register your property. And when you see always, when you see um, the police or you see the military, they are surrounded by Cuban people that is, you know, controlling what's going on. You're saying, so, yeah, that's what you're saying. You're saying basically you're controlled by a foreign power. In, in, I, I won't say that. Some people say that. What I can tell you is that it's not easy to get these people out because there is a lot of not transfer knowledge from the Cubans and the Russians on how to control a country like this. How long have you lived in England and what did you do in Venezuela before you come here? I, I was a student. I was studying mechanical engineering in Universidad Central de Venezuela. Um, and well, as it, I mean, imagine this country. This is not a country where, you know, external, what Chavez wanted you to believe that you know uh, BP came and got all the oil or whatever we were we had the second largest oil company in the world and it was a national company that we built ourselves so what I'm trying to tell you is that the universities in Venezuela were so good because you knew you graduated as an engineer or something similar or something related with the oil industry you're gonna have a job and you're gonna have a good job and an even better education inside the companies so we got the the foreign companies out of the country in the 70s so it's all propaganda he actually got them back in and there is a, a, a french documentary uh, documentary about it so francisco what i'm i'm hearing what you're saying what if you what's the future hold for venezuela then how would you move forward if you're gonna be the new leader how would you get the country back on track? Well, those, those are two different questions. The first one, yep. we don't know, we don't want to talk about it because we get we the moment over three million people walk out of your country and lose everything, leave everything behind, even their own kids, their own family, mm -hmm. is because they gave up on having hope. They don't know if something's gonna when they destroy the Congress. To take over, they say, oh, you're not going to play by the rules at all. Okay, there's no hope here. So how are we going to get out of this? It's very complicated. We were hoping for military insurrection, but that happened over 10 times and they managed to put it down. That's not going to happen. They know what they're doing. It didn't happen in North Korea or, Japan or, or, or Cuba. That's, we don't know what's how to get out of it. We need, all, all we, we all agree, we need foreign help. We cannot take down um, this kind of dictatorship by ourselves. That's super clear. And that's the play of sanctions. And that's the play of international pressure to, to try to isolate these people and, and try to make them negotiate. 
um, and it's agreed by the Democrats and um, uh, Republicans, for example, in the United States. Um, if if I were to help, um, I mean, I'll follow the advice of many. He has. Don't get me wrong. I am a socialist. I consider myself a leftist person. I believe in that, uh, and I, I and what I think what we need right now is a lot of um, help um, to everyone that is not even eating. You know how many millions of kids in Venezuela cannot go to school because they were mm, uh, fainting at school. They were fainting because they don't eat. Mm. They're eating trash in the streets. So that's the priority yeah. number. But we cannot get humanitarian help because of the dictator. We cannot, we, there were trucks in Colombia, hundreds of them, full of humanitarian help, which is food, basically, and, 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 and medicine. And they didn't allow it in. So we, right now, we cannot even get humanitarian help. Are there, um, is the capital of Venezuela, is that based on the coast? Uh, it's close. It's very close to the coast, but it's it's not hard because it's a bit high. It's uh, behind a, a big mountain. It's called Caracas. So what I'm thinking, if it's very fertile country, it's incredible fertile and and, and full and of water. Got, yeah, and you got so you got fishes. You got all those things. I, I hear the same things in Spain, mate. I hear those close questions. It's not that simple. I mean, you live here. You see this flat that we're passing by. Yeah. How do you get food? You can't. And it's, it's just way too many people. And and but if we had the Thames, if the Thames was clean, and there'd be fishes and stuff. Yeah, but, but, but it's, it's just right. it, it is really not that you. What would you do? You're a driver, and there's and and remember, what happened if you have a tractor and it breaks down? You, you because you cannot get uh, oh. dollars for your for your local currency because it's forbidden by the law. And you, they destroy the, the, the economy so badly that nobody really can buy your food, the one that you're bringing from uh, the countryside. And, and even if they, you do, if you try to buy um, something for, for your tractor that broke down, you cannot make it happen because it's going to be super expensive. So at the beginning, I remember experts explaining this is a strategy. This is not, you know, mismanagement. Uh, and I couldn't believe it. I can. Why will anyone want to destroy the country? And and you always want to be, you know, a good president. And and they were right. They were right because right now it's so easy to control the country because you cannot go and protest. If what happened if somebody cuts you uh, or you have a broken arm, how are you going to fix yourself? You didn't even have food. You don't even have food. Imagine trying to get medicines. So people is it, so busy with their daily, li daily lives, trying to survive or trying to get out. Nobody's going to protest. Forget about politics. You cannot go, how, what are you going to do politics about a people that is not willing to respect human rights? Two days ago, uh, the international um, court in, ha in the Hague in Netherlands, I'm sorry if I'm, I'm saying everything wrong, but it, they they move the case of Venezuela of human rights violations way forward because they're really concerned about what's going on. The, uh, I think they're probably concerned because of all your oil. The, the, Sudan, the, 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 had a, Sudan the, and many places have had a major issue. No, it, it, is, it is different because we have been reporting like the, the way I'm doing it. We have been doing it. We have been very, really outspoken. 
the hack that has no uh, in, um, um, interest in, in this kind of things. I, I don't know the name of the per they they don't. If they were, if look, if anything, we're doing a favor to the United States because the, the United States right now is exporting oil. If we push oil out, if you make Venezuela a democracy, they're going to produce oil again, and we're going to bring the price down. You don't want that. But the United States have what if that's the case? I mean, there was so a case if, of a war. advantage in America that you are in trouble in, business-wise? Um, you can say that, but you know what? It's not in their advantage of, of their national security because we're in business with Hezbollah, Iran, all the bad players, all the players that they don't like. The, I, it, it, it is never a good business to have a poor, bis uh, a poor neighbor. You don't want that. Oh, I'm selling more. Yeah, but the, the guy is a thief or, or or a terror for your daughters. You don't want somebody that is terrorizing, terrorizing the, the neighborhood. That if somebody tries to escape, for example, the terrorist people from ETA in Spain, where was their heaven? Venezuela. There was uh, an investigation from a journalist in Spain mm -hmm. that he wanted to join, uh, what is it, Al-Qaeda. And... And he, this is a guy that is incredibly famous. He spent like five years on each case. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good driving skills here. Um, and and he, he started to, you know, he went to Africa and then to, he moved around the world and he finally got in. And when they went going to train him, guess where he was sent to? Venezuela. Mm -hmm. That was a training camp. So you don't want that guy there. It doesn't matter if he's going to produce a bit of oil and he's going to bring the price down. You don't want uh, the, the country with more oil in the world or whatever, or right in your neighborhood, uh, playing in favor of Putin. I mean, it, it is that simple. Who are your allies? Oh, well, my allies is North Korea, Iran, Putin, China, and Cuba. Mm, I guess you're a bad player, mate. I guess you don't care about uh, human rights, I guess, this is all you, you care about is oppressive. They, you have been in power for 20 years. How come people is it's leaving the country and nobody, no one can eat? Mm, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, so, so in answer to my question, you feel foreign intervention will help save the day for Venezuela? It, it, it is very hard to accept that it, because we didn't want that. I mean, because I always, I look at history and I say usually where you have foreign intervention, especially when it involves London, France, England, um, sorry, England and America, it doesn't usually work out for that country. Wait, wait one second. France, UK, yeah. America? Yeah. I, I cannot, I cannot, I can't think of for at least I'm living in a country right now yeah. that it was freed by Americans helping the French and, and British yeah, from, from an evil uh, empire. So, well, you're saying England was freed by yes. by America? Yes. Do you remember that? Were you talking about the war? Yes. Right. Uh, as an ex-military yeah. person, I contend, I contend with that strongly. I said America, yeah, jumped in, but they, we, it's more about arms. No, than I, numbers. I, I know, I know, I know. But what, what I mean is, foreign interaction can help, and and it otherwise. It's going to be, wait 20 years, it's going to be North yeah, Korea. What I'm it's, saying to you... It, it's going to be too late. My fear for you guys is it will cost you dearly. But why do you think we try democratic? Why do you think we try all kind of things before that? 
Okay. It's not like we started 20 years ago. Hey, we need him. No, no, no. We uh -huh. try everything, and and, and it's, it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So, oh, yeah. it's it's hard to accept. Well, thanks for that interview. You have been a great guest, <laughs> and we wish you well. We learn a lot. Hey. We hope you like that Taxi Chronicles interview. Don't forget to share and subscribe to get the latest episode. Ever considered investing in a continent with the fastest growing economies and population on Earth? The same continent that holds 30% of the world's known natural resources. Listen to our sister podcast, Africa Investor Stories, where you hear real investors with real stories from around the world share their experience of investing in Africa. We post Monday and Thursday at 10am British Standard Time.